There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello, welcome back to Could It Be, an Oak Island podcast. I'm your host, Deidre White, and my co-host is my husband, Dustin White. Hello. Hello. Hey, we had a really fun week this week, huh? Wow. Yeah, there was a lot going on in this episode. A lot of information, a lot of uh, things we've never heard of before. I totally agree. I'm really excited to actually dive straight into it with you today. Yeah, so seismic scanning testing results, huh? Yes, what we've all been waiting for. Can't get excited about that. It's time to go home. Yeah, they're pretty exciting uh, revelations there. Had you ever heard of the Mega Bin before? I had never heard of the Mega Bin area before. That was a complete and total shock to me. Yeah, well, it's so new that you just kept calling it the uh, the uh, money bin. <laughs> the money bin. Money, money, money. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But yeah, it's exciting possibility. So the Mega Bin area is an area that's about 600 feet north of the money pit. Yep. Is what they told us. And the, that is an area that Dan had drilled about... 40 exploratory bore holes in the area back in the 70s, right? Yeah, back like 40, 50 years ago. And then when he found the anomaly that the seismic scan had found, he thought it was a relief area, a latrine, if you will. Dan told Rick and I years ago that he had drilled that well, the so-called latrine hole, and he believed at the time that it was the relief area for an underground chamber where people were working. And he was quite sure. He was absolutely certain. And he kind of drew something (laughs) just like that. When the workers are potentially, you know, doing their work and digging down at, you know, 150 feet, you know, you can't keep coming up to the top every, uh, you know, two hours to go to the bathroom or whatever. (laughs) It totally, it totally makes sense. Um, I know he was drilling those boreholes just to look for additional tunnels that he believed connected to the money pit area. Just cracks me up the idea of a latrine down there. And that's what he happened to find. Well, that's what he thought it was. Mm -hmm. So there's also speculation that it could be just where the real treasure is Mm -hmm. and that the money pit itself was a decoy because it's underwater. I... I I thought that was really interesting because the anomaly that they said they found in the seismic scan was only, what, 50 feet underground up there? Yep, but that's above the water table. Which is something that Dan Hensky also pointed out a little bit later. Here's the Triton shaft, Dan. Oh, yeah. This is what they believe is a cavity of some sort. This is only 50 feet deep. So that would be above sea level years ago. Yes. It's away from searchers' excavation is pretty much guaranteed, isn't it? Yes. Nobody ever really did much there. Right. Yeah, that was his breakout uh, moment of the season so far. (laughs) Totally agree. I like that guy. I hope he gets some more scream time. (laughs) Yes, that would be fantastic. You know, he's been around for a long time. He was doing it with Dan Blankenship back in the 70s, so he knows his stuff about Oak Island. Yeah, it'd be great to hear a little bit more from him and what insights that he would have. Yeah, he's someone I would love to pick their brain sometime, you know, like he knows Oak Island. Yeah, I mean, he has spent a lot of time there. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk a bit more, I guess, about the seismic results that Eagle Canada 
presented. Yeah, when they showed up, they were welcomed by our friendly giant, Mr. Alex. Yes, they were. Jeremy Church went over the results. And that's uh, when we first learned about the Mega Bin and the potential... The potential anomaly there, right? Yeah. What did they say? 170 feet long or 150 to 170 feet long and 50 feet deep. What? 7 to 12 feet in height. And Potentially with a floor and a roof. Yeah. I mean, Marty asked straightforward, is this consistent with... A, a chamber. chamber, you know, with a floor and a roof. Things are draping on top of it, so it is a competent structure, whatever it is. Is that consistent with a chamber, uh, with a roof and a floor? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But then it seemed like he probably had something to add there, but it got edited out. <laughs> yes, share with us, guys. What what was edited out? That'd be nice to know. Yeah, well, they have to make it more exciting than it is probably. <laughs> Maybe we'll learn about that a little bit later. But it's really interesting because if it's only 50 feet down, I mean, that's way more shallow than anything. 10x. Yes, than anything else they've been digging. And it really kind of, as Marty went into, goes into that point of the theories that maybe the money pit was a decoy and... The treasures hidden above sea level, which Dan mentioned, which would protect it. I have always felt that the theory proposed by others that the money pit was dug as deep as could be dug at the time, and then there is a a tunnel that goes off from it somewhere and at a relatively shallow depth that created a chamber underground. And that makes so much sense because there would be absolutely no way to find that with 300-year-old technology unless you knew where it was. Which I think is very plausible. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, a fun thing to think about. I would hope that whoever deposited it would want to keep it out of the water. Mm -hmm. Especially if they made some kind of booby trap flood tunnel system on a decoy area to get people to leave their stuff alone. I think it's a pretty... It makes so much more sense because only, I mean, 50 feet underground is so much easier to get to than, like you said, like 10x anywhere in the money pit. So if they plan to retrieve it at any time later. Yeah, or... It could be uh, just the relief area for the workers that uh, dug the money pit and the treasure is in the chapel vault down there. Could it pee? Could it pee? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I saw someone put that on uh, Facebook and it made me laugh hysterically. Wow. I thought I was the immature one. (laughs) You are. Oh, anywho. Well, then they go into, well, then they go into talking about the money bin. I'm going to do what you're doing, saying the money bin. No, the money pit, not the mega pit. (laughs) None of these. um, No, it's the money pit. Okay. They get uh, some results for that. Mm -hmm. And they find uh, with C1 and H8, they may have just been a hair off to oh, hit man. this legendary chapel vault. It's it's really crazy thinking about the money pit. 
and what they were showing with the two different anomalies, one more shallow than the other. And then you see the lines from the boreholes that they drew just, you know, nicking the side either way on H8 and C1, which explains some of the stuff they pulled out of there. Well, and all of last season, they kept telling us, oh, we pushed down the chapel vault with... uh, (laughs) H8 when they put the big case on down there. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure, right. Sure, guys. But I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they did. <laughs> I'm with you. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's no way they just happened to push this vault further into the mud. But okay, well, um, well I will be open now. <laughs> there's an anomaly. Mm-hmm. There's something. There's, a, there's some kind of cavity down there. Yes. And, uh, well, it's like millimeters from h8 so (laughs) and maybe h8 is the one that they pulled some pretty interesting things out of before right yeah they had pottery last Mm -hmm. year uh human bones two different human bones yeah book binding and leather parchment parchment um yeah stuff that shouldn't be you know 150 plus feet underground I'd agree, especially the bones really kind of... Yeah, when they were only dated from 400 years ago, uh, that much dirt doesn't just accumulate in one spot over 400 years on top of somebody's bones, so it takes longer than that. They're items that you would think, yes, they're definitely there on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not just some random garbage because it wasn't found that close to the surface. Yeah, well, you got to also keep in mind that Robert Dunfield had dug, you know, 100 foot deep, 100 foot wide hole in that area, didn't achieve his goal, and it all got pushed back in. Mm -hmm. So that's a good reminder. A a lot of um, stuff is just kind of hodgepodge buried in there. Mm -hmm. But the depths that they pulled that stuff out of was deeper than any uh, previous searcher activity. Mm -hmm. So how does that stuff get down there? I totally agree, but that's a really good point that anything that they pulled out of there is below sure. previous excavations that exactly. happen. Yeah. So maybe it's just lower than they originally thought. So they leave Eagle Canada to share the results with the rest of the Oak Island team over at the war room. That's correct. So after sharing the results, everybody's super excited. And kind of talking about what to do next. They've got a couple big maps that they brought back with them after meeting with Eagle Canada. And it sounds like Craig is going to be heading up the next step in the process as far as the money pit goes. Yep. He's going to be choosing where they drill the exploratory boreholes in the mega bin and in the money pit. Yes, which is super exciting because they're going to actually be doing something a little bit different this time. New technology. Yes. So they're going to use sonic drilling. And here is actually how they explain sonic drilling to us. Unlike regular air or mud rotary drilling, which uses powerful drill bits to literally grind beneath the ground, sonic drilling uses vibrations to create a high-frequency sound, which can literally pulverize obstacles. A coring barrel is then used to extract samples of earth and objects from areas as much as 500 feet deep. I mean, it's a simple strategy, right? Find something in the money pit. Yeah, so luckily they don't need to go quite 500 feet deep to get 
you know, their target. But, uh, you know, it's an exciting new technology. I'm glad they're using it on Oak Island. And who knows what we're going to ultimately find with it. Yeah, a lot of new technology this year, including the sonic drilling. Yeah, we found a little bit during the episode with it, you know, where they were drilling down at around the, what, 100-foot level. They encountered some wood. Approximately about 100 feet. But they started looking at the spoils, I think he said around 90, 93. Something like that. It was interesting to see the drilling. You can take samples out at every 10 feet in 10 feet intervals they're they're put in what look like little sausage casings and presented <laughs> to them on the table open them up and see yeah. what's there yeah, and they've got the geologist terry matheson with them yes. to look at all these spoils and examine them and yeah they did find the wood probably the roof of a collapsed tunnel wood from a tunnel so they hit the what they think to be the roof they go down and it's only about three feet further before they're back into clay. That's why they're suspecting that is a collapse tunnel. That makes sense. But what's great is it's really the first time they've proved this whole seismic thing, right? X marks the spot. Yep. And there it was. And they went to the right spot. You know, the ultimate goal for that hole is to get down to the chapel vault. Well, what they hope is, you know, in that anomaly. Mm -hmm. But of course, we didn't get to see that this episode. Yeah, maybe next episode. Hopefully. That was pretty exciting. I know... In the coming weeks, we'll see it. So Rick and Charles end up joining them out there. And they're super excited about the wood that's come up. Everybody agrees we need to get it carbon dated, see if it is part of the original work. That's that's right. Well, great. What about... What else do we have going on here? Well, we can't forget that at Eagle Canada, they also touched on the potential flood tunnel system. Yes, uh, that... Something I didn't really super believe in. Me either, but the further I've been digging into this, the more it could be a thing. It probably is. Like a French drain system? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but it sure looks like, um, you know, on the seismic scanning results that there was some kind of underground pathway basically from the money pit leading to smith's cove (laughs) a bigger branch or what what was the term they use a bigger network of tunnels or a system under there which totally makes sense to be flood tunnels yeah so that's something we're going to need to keep an eye on and i'm sure they're going to do some drilling testing in that area too the sonic drill which actually I mean, reminds me and should be brought up that when they were at Eagle Canada, Mm -hmm. they had mentioned, hey, we still have lots of number crunching and such to look at. I get a feeling that the guys were kind of getting antsy and really wanted to be able to move forward with whatever it is they were doing for the season. So that's why they went out there, got the information that they currently had ready for them. Well, and it gives them good targets, something to go after in the meantime, until they do have the full re- testing results. I agree. They It makes sense for them to wait <laughs> until they get that, if they, they're putting this time and these resources and money into doing it. Mm-hmm. But going through that much data, that's, that's a lot to do. So I'd be really interested to see what else Eagle Canada comes back with. 
I'm sure they'll come back with some really interesting things. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm I'm really curious. Especially with those flood tunnels, which actually brings us over to... Smith's Cove. Yes, I I thought we would see a lot more about Smith's Cove in this episode. Eh, yeah, not so much, but, you know, they've got to build the cofferdam first. Yeah, that's pretty important. And that's what they did this episode. Well, at least they got started on it. So out in Smith's Cove, they had finally set up the 300-ton crane. Huge. Yeah, huge crane so that it can basically build the cofferdam. Yes. It uh, used a hydraulic hammer to put the pylons in and so that they can install the 120 interlocking steel sheets to keep that water out. Yeah. And they're, they're not just set on the bottom of the of the uh, beach. You know, those sheets and the pylons go down 25 feet. Yeah, it that's deep enough that they aren't going to have the same issues that they've had with cofferdams in the past. Yeah, like, we're talking about the water seeping under. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that would be really frustrating. I can to imagine. To put all that work, all the effort, all the energy into building the cofferdam, only for water to squeak underneath of mm-hmm. it to, you know, not make it as... You know, make it extra hard for your excavation work. Yeah, it, which happened with, you know, the bladder system that they had out there. They were right. kind of getting that seepage. Well, so It was just sitting on the surface, right? Exactly. And, and then with... It, Dan Blankenship's uh, coffer dam in the 70s. It was sitting on the surface. Yep. You know, it was, this goes into the soil yeah. deep. Yeah, the sand, the gravel, whatever it is. So you're not working in constant flooding conditions. Yeah, we're we're trying to find the flood tunnels, not uh, <laughs> flood the flood tunnels. <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's already what's happening, right? Yes. So it's super exciting to see work start on that in the in Smith's Cove. Mm-hmm. And who was out there doing the supervision this time? Was it Jack? Was out there, wasn't he? Yeah. So we had Jack and Peter were out there initially speaking with Irving, seeing where. Things we're at as far as progress goes. Sounds like they're right on track. They expect it to take about three weeks to get all the work completed and then be able to hand it off to them. Yeah. Well, hopefully that means between this episode and next episode, three weeks will go by so that we can (laughs) uh, start doing things in Smith's Cove because I know that's what you're most excited about. I am, but after these seismic results, I'm really excited about the Mega Bin. (laughs) I... I really am and wanting to know more about that and potentially what is going on there. Hopefully it's not just a latrine. <laughs> it is maybe that's where our Ark of the Covenant is. Oh, I hope so. That'd be sweet. It would definitely be much drier. Yeah. And not ruined, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that would be... I'm excited about the the Mega Bin too, but I don't know. We still want to know what that U-shaped structure is. Yes. And in the... Behind the dig with mm-hmm. Maddie Blake before this episode, they were talking about there was an L-shaped structure down there too on yes. Smith's Cove that hasn't been getting much airtime. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. It so is. there's more than one structure down there. It's one of those. Is it more than one structure? Is it a piece to the U-shaped structure? Mm, mm. Was it an original coffer dam? You know, for when they were trying to put in the box drains. Yeah, who knows? I mean. If it was that old, I don't know. You'd have to think that maybe they would 
give us some idea of that. Like they've been talking about the U-shaped structure for over a year now on the show. Mm-hmm. And Dan Blankenship, I, I don't know. I've just never heard anything where they think, oh, yeah, that's got to be from the 1500s mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, it's something tells me that they kind of already think that it's after the original depositors. But mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, they haven't given us much on it. So we just all we can do is speculate. Exactly. There's always something new coming up like a mega bin or mm-hmm. an L-shaped structure. Uh, Craig did mention earlier about using technology to read the rings on the structure right to see how old yeah it is yeah yeah because you can go um basically back in time um look r- looking at these rings you know it it it's hard to explain <laughs> yeah people have been able to read the rings in a tree yeah but like something that's like 200 years old you're not gonna it's it's harder to find that information like in a you're not going to find it in a new tree Mm-mm. so you have to find a tree that's that old and then get core samplings of it and see how much how different the rings are inside of it and then you will see but say in 1610 there's you know a certain kind of ring they can compare that to a tree that they had core sampled from that would also have that specific ring in its 1610 spot and they would be able to verify that this wood was from a tree at this time that makes sense and so it's 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 difficult to figure out and it's kind of really difficult to explain super interesting don't know if they'll be able to do it or not but cross our fingers we rick s- and marty show up at the cove right yes they do they show show up just to check in see how things are going they're impressed how fast the work seems to be going they really want to get out there and start working get gary out there to start metal detecting (laughs) yes yes and hopefully he's gonna find some more friends of the cross drayton's cross friends of drayton's cross that's right well speaking of gary Yes. So speaking of Gary, they end up out at, was it Lot 26? Yes, that's where the pirate James Anderson used to take up residence. And apparently Samuel Ball used to own Lot 26 back in the day, too. We never talked, we haven't talked about Samuel Ball at all yet. Yeah, they haven't mentioned him at all in the season of Curse of Oak Island. Out on Lot 26, they are metal detecting on the shore. Yeah, with Mike West. Our our friend that seemed a little unprepared <laughs> in the first episode to do such a big job, but he seems to have gotten over that, and he's digging deep with these guys. Yes, it's Mike West, Jack, and Gary all out there, and they are, well, Mike is scanning with his larger, deeper machine. The, the so, EM-61 to detect metal up to 20 feet deep. And so when he gets a hit that's much more shallow, he's having Gary come out. Verify. Mm-hmm. And then Jack is the muscle. Yep. He yep. goes and digs it up. So they end up coming up with three different surface finds while they're metal detecting. Yeah, they weren't too deep. So mm-hmm. they're, Jack was able to pull them out of the ground. <laughs> yes. Get his green shirt dirty. That's right. Get the infamous green shirt dirty. First, they start with, they found the really long metal spike. Yeah, that was way longer than I would have expected to see a, of a spike, you know, mm-hmm. on a beach on Oak Island. But Gary goes on to tell us 
if this was a wharf, if this was a dock, a boat used slip. That type of spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just we're not familiar with those mm-hmm. uh, tools, mm-hmm. so it's it it just came as a shock. Wow, that thing's huge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, probably fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hundreds. That kind of thing was totally makes like a nail. It, right? Yeah. No, that totally makes sense, especially considering that it was Captain Anderson's lot. Yeah. Yeah, well, if he had a pirate ship and he was loading and unloading things, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff you're going to find there, along with the next find, the giant metal hook. Gary explains to us that this would be used potentially for loading cargo on and off boats. This is all things that are very indicative of having boats tied up to the shore here and unloading, offloading yeah, well, when I first saw it, I thought, wow, maybe Captain Anderson was the real inspiration for Captain Hook. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, for some reason, I doubt it. It's probably for offloading things like treasure. Maybe. Could it be? <laughs> or Could something be, else Why completely not? uneventful and not as exciting. Or it could be. Sure. Why not? And then what they leave us with is when they pull up something very small. Very special. What they're saying is the crossbow bolt. Look at this. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that was um, pretty unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, like Gary said that that's, that kind of thing is really old. You know, that's a pre, that's basically pre-Columbus. Templar old? Could be. That's what he thought. <laughs> Templar, baby. I'm using the T word. That's right. Yeah, well, pre-Columbus, it just blows my mind that anything uh, prior to, you know, 1492 when Columbus sailed the ocean blue <laughs> would have uh, land, you know, end up on Oak Island. I, who knows? It could have been put there in 1800, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it looks old. Gary, you know, I trust his judgment in dating things, or at least getting mm-hmm. into the right ballpark, mm-hmm. you know, so... Putting us on the right path, you know, in the right direction. Exactly. And when they call up Rick, they're pretty excited. Well, he showed Rick what it was, or he showed Rick, hey, look at this, and Rick knew exactly what it was as soon as he saw it. Yeah, He's like, that's a crossbow bolt. Yep. Yeah, so... You know, I trust Gary. It, mm-hmm. That's that's probably what it is. But on Facebook, shortly after the airing of the episode, I showed you a post that somebody made mm-hmm. of this, like, what was it, an eel? Like, it was like, it, it looked a like bunch. a pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it right? did. But it had, like, the barbs on the end of each of the little prongs mm-hmm. um, that looked, each of those little barbs looked mm-hmm. like what Gary pulled out of the ground, or Jack pulled out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Or... Maybe it was, and it looked like it was something could have belonged to King Triton. So, <laughs> you know, that's possible. <laughs> sure. No. Under the sea, yo. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, um, there was something else I saw on Facebook that someone compared it to being that looks similar. Yeah, a Roman crossbow bolt. <laughs> I saw I saw one of those that looked exactly like it too. Really? Yeah. That's... So it. it I take uh, Gary's word, you know, I, I, I bet you that's what it is. It's a crossbow bolt. Well, we get a little bit of a teaser later that says that it's Roman. It appears to be Roman and Gary's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Roman baby. <laughs> that's and right. That's what he said. That 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 if that's the case, that's really exciting. Yeah, sure is. I, you know, who knows? You know, we won't know. That could just be clever editing, and that could be talking about something else. Oh yeah, <laughs> the show We've is seen known that to before. do that. Yeah, <laughs> they they do that kind of stuff. So we'll have to wait and see. But I, I don't know. I don't know that they would get our hopes up like that. They maybe, might. Maybe they. It just might be more of it's Roman, and then something else is Roman. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm excited for the next episode. Yeah, I can't wait. This find mm-hmm. isn't a Bobby Dazzler. No. It is not shiny. Mm-mm. It's a weapon. Yeah. And it's an ancient weapon. So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited about the potential for them to do some... Testing. Testing, just research. And that's what next episode's probably going to be. They, mm-hmm. they do, basically, they find something. The next episode, they research something. Mm-hmm. So... So carbon dating, probably the wood. Yeah. And uh, they could probably do that with the spear, too. Mm-hmm. And then they're you know? doing this. Maybe it's a lot of trips to universities next week. Could be. And then they will also, you know, if we get out into Smith's Cove next week and they mm-hmm. start really, uh, you know, the coffer dams in place, they start excavating over there. Maybe we get the wood from the U-shaped structure and carbon date that, too. That's. I kind of think that's probably a couple weeks down the road, though. I think we're still not going to get a bunch on Smith's Cove on Tuesday. I think we're still going to be checking in and it's almost going to be finished, but it's going to be more information, like you said. Well, yeah. And, you know, like I was kind of touching on, this next episode will probably be, people will probably call it recapping, but it's Mm -hmm. more of researching Mm -hmm. the, the finds that they have made. And then the following episode will be you know, going and doing some more discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so another thing that I'm looking forward to, another one of their discovery episodes that has to be coming up pretty soon, is that 90-foot stone. That's really exciting. I, I don't think it's a recipe for making red glass. Fine. No, I don't think it is either. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though do. that would you do <laughs> i kind of want it to be <laughs> even though it's not i know but that's coming up real soon you know that's something that i'm super stoked about i'm for some reason i just i want to know more about that stone like i don't know we have a lot of pieces to the puzzle as rick would say but this is literally a missing piece it is and i you know i've done some research and studying about what the stone was mm-hmm. and who saw it back in the day. And it's not that thin piece of Mm-mm. thing they keep showing the thin piece of stone that they keep showing at the beginning of every episode. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it was a big, huge block. Yeah. Uh, you know, stone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the, the preview of the season after the end of the first episode had like a small little snippet of it. And that looked consistent. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I hope they really found it. Doug Crowell, historian, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like he, he does a lot of researching mm-hmm. and they had gone on expeditions with him in prior seasons to look for this 90 foot stone. Mm-hmm. And if did they really find it? I'm crossing my fingers. I hope it's the real deal. So last week we had we had our first uh, clot worthy moment, clot worthy moment of the uh, show. And it was between gilded as in gold or 
Secret Recipes, written in code. code. <laughs> that was my favorite. Well, that one won. Yay! And it got 75% of the vote. Well, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, I agree. I think that was uh, the clot-worthy moment of the show. So I think the fans got it right. What do we have for this week's clot-worthy moment? Uh, hang on. I've got two clips for you. Wood from a tunnel. A large void located at a depth of 160 to 170 feet. All right. So go to Twitter. You can look us up. We're at Oak Island Pod. Vote for your favorite clot-worthy moment of this week. And next week, we will give you the results for this week's clot-worthy moment. All right. So that is the end of our show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks a lot. And if you want to interact with us, feel free to find us on Instagram at Oak Island Podcast. Or on Facebook at Oak Island Podcast. <laughs> yep. And you could also give us an uh, email, and we, we're happy to read emails on the air. So please get us an email. And guess what? That's at Oak Island Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. And as you know, you can also find us on Twitter at Oak Island Pod. So that's the only one that is different. Yep. But. If you know anybody that's into Oak Island and they don't know about our show yet, please share it with them. And if you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Yeah, so you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week. And until then, could it be?